Hey there, Mules and Jennies fans. It's time now for Sports Page, the weekly show where we get to brag about University of Central Missouri athletics. Each week, I visit with one UCM coach and one student athlete. We also review some Mules and Jennies history, find out where two UCM alumni are now, and take a look at the week ahead in UCM athletics. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Moore, and I'm excited every week to share with you the top athletic program in the Mid-America Intercollegiate Athletics Association and one of the best overall programs in all of NCAA Division II athletics. Today on Sports Page, we're featuring Mules Baseball. I'm visiting with Mules head coach Kyle Crooks and senior first baseman John Prudham. Are you ready? It's time for Sports Page. Kyle Crooks is in his ninth season as head coach of Mules Baseball Program and his 11th season overall with the program after serving his first two seasons as the team's top assistant. He has compiled a 308 and 113 overall record, including a 197 and 60 mark in MIAA play. He has led the Mules to four MIAA regular season and five conference tournament championships and three NCAA Central Region crowns. In 2021, Coach Crooks led the Mules to a runner-up finish at the NCAA Division II College World Series. So, Coach... Welcome. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Every year, the Mules start their season at the Houston Winter Invitational down at Minimaid Park. Did the same thing this year. Tell us about that. How did it go? Uh, well, I mean, in terms of this year, it didn't go so well in terms of how the Mules played, but uh, it's it's a tremendous experience. Always is year to year. Um, you know, Jim is, is so gracious in opening his doors to us and, and allowing our players to have that experience. And first for six glorious days, everybody feels like a big leaguer. Um, you know, we host, uh, we get to pick the teams, and I get to, you know, put the schedule together, and provides us an opportunity to, you know, to to have a re- regional, you know, feel, I suppose, in terms of the level of competition that we're playing, and uh, you know, got an opportunity to play some, you know, the the North Greenville team, which was the national champions from last year. Chico was there, Flagler was there, so California, South Carolina, Florida represented. Um, and then Arkansas Tech and us and Alabama and, and the University of Montevallo was there as well. So teams that you don't always get an opportunity to see on a day-to-day or in, in region when the season gets going. And, um, again, the atmosphere, the ability to play at Minute Maid Park and, and have that experience. And, you know, for a lot of these players, their first game, you know, first time touching a mound, first time getting a batter's box for, for an NCAA game live in their careers is, is going to be there in Houston. And um, it's, it's a great experience. Yeah, and a lot of teams take that approach of we're gonna we're gonna ease into the season. We're gonna try and get some some wins in under our belt, build some confidence, and um, and then roll from there. You go in opposite direction. You yeah, of course you want to win, but you want to you really want to get that tough competition right up front, don't you? I yeah, you know, I, you know, I question myself every year after we go to Houston, but uh, but yeah, I just I, I don't you know I, I guess I, I'm there's something to be said for confidence. There's no question. Um, but in terms of, and not even a measuring stick, just in terms of, of, of our own program and our own team and, and, and how we're, we want to measure our development, uh, we want to do it against the best that, that we can find. And, um, and certainly, you know, our league provides that as it is. But, but, but I, I guess I just, in, in my mind, it doesn't make sense not to, not to try to challenge ourselves right away and, and grow from that, from that discomfort. And sometimes you come out with, with great results, and results are kind of secondary. But, the, you know, ultimately, we didn't, this past year anyway, come out with very, you know, very good results. Greenville ate our lunch and, and you know, told us about it. And, um, you know, but, it, but playing against them showed us shortcomings, things that we need to work on. And, and playing Montevallo showed us shortcomings. And even, you know, winning the game against Flagler, uh, all good teams, all great opponents, and um, 
they, they give us they give us an indication of where we're at in our development and it helps us move forward. Well, and let's be fair, those teams aren't getting a little also ran to play against either. They're getting good competition playing the Mules. I mean, one of the, the winningest baseball team in Division Two since 2000. No, they're not. You know, we expect to do well in those competitions. You know, we expect to play well right from the very beginning. And, um, yeah, it's, that's exactly right. And, and there's no questioning the teams, you know, are happy to play against us. And, you know, you know so to, using the target, so to speak, it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm – you know, Coach Powell was was not. He didn't hesitate to say this is you know a measuring stick for us, and they just got done winning the the, na- the national championship the year before. And um, so I think the program, you know, based on what it's been over the, you know over the course of like you said since 2000 at the very least, um, has has become that. And so you know that that's also something that I think our our players in our uniform need to get used to. That's a different feeling for a lot of people, um, and myself included. So. You know, becoming familiar with those things um, right off the bat make, makes a big difference. Well, tell us about this year's team. We're ten games into the season. What have you seen so far? Uh, you know, it's I've questioned myself more maybe than ever this year. But um, you know, if if the the question was asked, what our strengths were, and I always go back to you know we're I think our depth on the mound and our ability to defend um, this year from the very beginning has been what I see as our our strengths. Um, offensively, we return a lot of players um, from last year's group and John Prudham, Isaiah Pani, Brennan Van Bruzigan, Carter Young, Cole Moore, guys that, that produced and produced at a pretty high clip. But but defensively and depth on the mound was something that I, I, I believe is a strength of ours. But 10 games in, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think statistically that's, that's necessarily appeared yet. Um, so I question my own evaluation, I, I think, there. But, but I, I think we're deep. We're deep in terms of not just numbers, but talent depth. Um, we are extremely inexperienced, maybe young. I don't, I don't know how you want to say it on the mound. Um, just guys that haven't pitched in this uniform. They may have been junior college guys, or maybe you know have been waiting their turn to to, to fill a larger role. Um, so the depth is there positionally and on the mound. Um, inexperienced, probably on the mound. But our, our, I again yesterday we had just an unbelievably good practice defensively. Um, and we've had we've been that you know for as long as you know the last eight months have been going, but you know we just hasn't hasn't proven out on the field yet. And then on the mound, I again I I think we you know we can go in large numbers deep, but we've got to be able to perform. So I think those are our strengths. But ten games in, we haven't we haven't performed to that level yet. So we'll see. That's that's what we're trying to get to. Is there? Is there a feeling maybe they're pressing right now, or because you're five and five right now? So is there a feeling there might be pressing, or that they're trying to live up to the expectations, or just coming together still? Yeah, I think all those things are pretty accurate. Um, <clears throat> there's there's no you know shortage of history in this uniform. I think all of our players are, are keenly aware of that, and they, and if they're not, we try to make them so. Um, and you know we were lucky enough to have Jason Herzen, who just got inducted into the the Athletic Hall of Fame deservedly, and. He came by, and a bunch of alumni, the 2017 National Championship soccer team came by, and it just so happens that a bunch of former mules were are dating and or engaged to those women as well. Um, so they were all back. And, um, you know, there's there's plenty of opportunities for alumni to return, and that, you know, certainly reminds the people in uniform now what, what it was, what it's been. Um, so there's, there's some pressing, living up to expectation, um, I think, those things. And then you mentioned confidence, you know, and um, – 
you know, I, you know, I'm not doing anybody any favors in terms of our scheduling and, and creating a confidence. But to me, that's a false confidence too. I think, you know, kids aren't dumb. They know right. they, they get online. They, they're, they're very familiar with who we're playing, whether, you know, most kids know each other at some point in time have played against each other. So, you know, you know, in terms of the record, I'm sure the kids look at it and, you know, they want to do more they want, they want to be better, you know, but those, you know, for me, I don't really care much about the record. And, you know, I know that sounds weird, but I just, I just want us to be at the best that we can be in terms of our playing ability. And we haven't gotten there yet. And so I think there's been a little bit of pressing and then some, you know, some moving around in terms of parts and roles and stuff that us as a coaching staff have to do, do as well to, to put guys in the best position they can be in to have success. So we're still working through some of those things. I think, you know, we're certainly further along now than we were, you know, on day one. When you talk about a sport for a, for a batter, you fail seven out of ten times, and you're successful. You're considered a successful hitter. What what takes longer at this point in the season to to come back? And I mean, you think about it, you've been off for a year of actually playing games. You've had winter ball and, and such, but playing games, you're off for a year. Getting timing and everything back, getting your accuracy back as a pitcher, what takes longer to develop? Uh, or I guess to to bring back to re to re remember that muscle memory. Yeah, you know, I think physically that's the whole point of fall ball and winter ball. I, you know, the muscle memory part of it, I don't think is as big as is the the competition in another uniform while you're wearing you know the game uniform in the spring. And I think finding um, that that balance, I, I think it's easier to schedule. Um, you know the the on-field performance for arms i think evaluating them scheduling them physically preparing them not that it's not hard work it's incredibly hard work it's an, and it's an everyday thing but i think you can map that out and time that as a hitter i think that's a little bit more precarious i i really do think you know you can you can do everything right and still be over over 10 and you know be just scalding the ball and, and still not get hits or still not feel like you're being a productive hitter um so I think that one's a little bit more difficult to 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 time, um, and what you know the the great part about this game, and I think the great analogy of the game, you know, between between baseball and life is is that it's it's oftentimes going to continue to challenge you, and so, you know, for our players, the one thing that I think that I can say, at least over the last 11, 12 years that I've been here, is is that it it's it's always going to test you and test you early, test your metal, and, and force you to you know, to make a decision in terms of, you know, honestly what you believe and what your values are and, and how, how willing and persistent you're going to be with your work. And, you know, just like life, it'll, it'll knock you down and give you an opportunity to quit. And if you do that, I think you're, you know, you're selling yourself short and obviously you're not helping your team there. But so I think it's tougher in terms of the, the hitting side of it. Um, we've had plenty of reps now from August till now. Um, you know, these, these guys are, are fully capable physically. And now it's just a matter of what the game's given them and what they're prepared to see. You know, we talked about the competition, and this team's gotten used to NCAA play. But of course, to get there, you have to get through the MIAA. What are we looking at from the league this year? Oh man, the MIAA again—it's the SEC, a Division Two baseball. I just—it's so—it's so deep. There is not one single weekend where you can, you know, pencil in to even a two out of three. It just—you just can't. Um, <clears throat> you know, I. I don't really know how it all finished last year, but I, I just know that everybody has quality arms, quality depth, that the way they do their offenses or the way we all do our offenses probably varies a little bit. Um, sometimes, you know, park to park, region to region, um, you know, Washburn, extremely athletic, fast, really like pr pretty, pretty well-rounded offensively all the way around. Um, 
you know, Pitt always bangs it, but Bobby knows he knows how to small ball too, and that's an. I mean, that guy's got a thousand wins in NCAA play. He's he's an extremely good coach. His teams are always well rounded. They compete. Um, Emporia's physical. They're athletic. You know, I think they they leave the yard a little bit more often. Um, Northwest has arms. Um, don't know what Hayes will bring us with a new coaching staff, um, but that place is a nightmare to be at. Uh, you know, Tahlequah finished second in the league last year and was an incredibly good team, had the co-player of the year, um, just have some really, really good, good baseball players and always have an arm or two. I mean, they got a big league all-star, you know, that came from there um, <clears throat> that plays for the Cardinals now. And, you know, there's there's plenty of talent rolling around. Rodgers is very, very solid. They do not make mistakes. They throw strikes. They play great defense. They they execute offensively. Move runners about. Um, UCO is very very talented. Um, a lot of power arms. That's the best breaking ball I've seen in a long time in this league. Came from their closer last year. Uh, so it's deep, you know. To long story short, I guess. And it's it's a challenge and it's it is a battle. At the end of every weekend, I'm exhausted and I'm sure our players are too. And you always, of course, then get to worry about and think about the weather. <laughs> What's sure. that going to do to your schedule? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that um, you know it's another element that I I, I don't in, enjoy necessarily, but but I do think you know it helps it helps our guys understand that there are things that aren't within their control, and certainly it helps me too um, it, to, to understand that there are just some things that I'm not meant to be able to to dictate there, and and you know we're at the mercy of Mother Nature, and so. You know, thankfully today's supposed. To, I think today's supposed to be pretty nice. I believe in the in the mid high fifties with some sun. So we'll take that, um, and you know, and then we'll turn around and have Missouri thirty two and, and whatever <laughs> it is on Friday. And um, you know, not not that I love it, but we'll play in that. And um, you know, so it just takes a day, wait a day here, and it'll change pretty significantly. Um, but uh, so far, you know, so far so good. We'll change gears a little bit. Major League Baseball is instituting some really interesting rule changes this year. First of all, I would like to, as a baseball man, I'd like to get your thoughts. What do you think about the pitch clock? About the the shift rules? About the larger bases? What are your thoughts? Um, I, I you know, I, I come at it from two different ways. Um, first and foremost, you know, Major League careers, and I know they're household names that we're all familiar with, and the money being thrown at these guys is just is is unbelievable. It's astounding. But there's a lot of major leaguers, and the average major league career, I think, is like three and a half years, that are trying to make their living in those three and a half year windows. When you put a timer on what somebody's been working their whole life to achieve, to get to do, to then support their family, I have I it's it's hard for me to be okay with that. Um, it's difficult, you know. And the one of the things that I think separated our game that made it great was there was no clock. Um, I understand pace of play. I understand TV and revenue and 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 what it what it means. Um, I got a tough time telling Max Scherzer you got to go faster. I got a tough time, you know, telling Bryce Harper you got to get in the box. I, you know, he's doing the hardest thing there is to do in the game against a Max Scherzer or whoever else. It's hard enough. Um, and and honestly, umpiring is extremely difficult too at the speed of the game that it is. And now you're giving him something else to manage. I think that puts him in a really bad spot. That's my baseball take on it. In terms of the the rest of it, the bigger bases, no problem. The shift, I've been back and forth on it. Um, people ask me, I think Dave Dufresne the other day asked me, you know, well, why can't they just hit a ball the other way? But, you know, George Brett said the same thing. And <clears throat> the only thing I can tell you is, is again, just as these, these guys are the best in the world at what they do. 
So I think people forget that pitchers are also pitching to what the shift is. They're also the best in the world at what they do, and the stuff now is better than it's ever been. So if you've got everybody pulled to the right side of the infield for a left-handed hitter, the pitcher is doing is locating pitches and throwing pitches based on that. So it ain't just that it's just not that easy to take a hundred that's you know on the inner black and try to hit it the other way. It you can you know you almost physically can't do it. Um, you know if the pitcher makes a mistake, sure you can. Um, but the other side of that is is guys are trying to put food on the table not just for their families but for generations of families and the way to do that is to leave the yard so that's also what they're doing I mean there's so many things involved in terms of finances in the game and they um, want more offense is what they want more scoring correct correct but I mean but just in terms of like how, how do you get a contract and you get a contract by hitting the ball over the fence um, you know Jeff Jeff McNeil who's a great hitter and, and you know I think led the led the league in average last year is not a household name um, there are other people that don't have as high an average but have far more home runs that are household names and whoever they may be so I it's just not that it's just not that easy the shift I think brings some semblance of offense back um, that didn't exist before and we'll see I, I hate the idea of saying okay well this has gotten too hard so we need to help you guys um, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to go but I'm sure there are a bunch of hitters that are extremely happy that it's happened um, but the big the bases and the time the bases are no big deal I think and, and really honestly if you wanted to fix something the base size is fine. Safety, I don't think that's going to affect the game really much at all and keep people safe. That's great. They just need to change the baseline from where it's at now to actually in line with the bag. I think it's pretty simple. Um, make the rule congruent with the actual field of play. I think that'd be great. Um, you know, and the timer, will it move the game along? If you're watching a three hour game and it's three hour and 20 minutes, does it matter? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just don't. If I'm there to watch a game, which I, I love, I'm a baseball junkie, and I can't get enough of it, I don't care how long it is. It can be five hours for as long as I care. You know, I, I just I just want to watch the game. I'm not timing it. I don't. I, I just, it just doesn't bother me. And I think a lot of people are going to a baseball game to go away from something else. Maybe an extra 30 minutes is something they want, you know. Last thing they want is a game to get over that. I don't know. I don't, you know, I just, I got a tough time believing that the clock's going to make that big a difference. We played with those clock rules in Houston. That's something they implemented. Um, and it really didn't have a large effect on anything. I think we got one strike called on us for not being in the box, and I think we had one ball called on us, and I think it happened to another team once too. So, you know, we'll see. At some point in time, the only thing I can picture is, is that somebody that, you know, Justin Verlander, you know, is the face of a game. And if he wants to take 15 seconds, he'll take 15 seconds. And if he wants 20 seconds, he's going to take 20 seconds. And I think Manfred's going to have a tough time dictating what the future Hall of Famer is going to want to do. So, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I don't see him doing anything to really <laughs> speed up, you know, bat basketball where the last 10 seconds take five minutes <laughs> or, or football, you know, how, how the end of a game just drags on and on and on. You know, to me, if you want to speed the game up, call more strikes. Uh, yeah, call a strike a strike. Yes, That's and it. and the big league guys are as good as anybody, if not better. I mean, they miss at such a small percentage of the time. But I mean, redefine the zone, maybe. And, and you know, at that level, at our level, you know, there's there's a little bit more error. Like, just call more strikes. No, nobody wants nobody wants to watch walks. I'll say that nobody wants to sit there and just watch walk a walkathon. Because that's when you get your pitching changes, and it's one guy and the next guy, and that's when a game can drag. Call more strikes. 
make it reasonable, but call more strikes. And I think everybody's trying to be perfect and try to fit everything into that box that we see on TV. And man, that's, that's small. That's a small small, box. That's a small box. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, is there any chance we're going to see any of these changes at the college level? We, so honestly, we've been dealing with them. Um, you know, the, every umpire's got a clock, and it's not vis- visible for, for fans to see. But, you know, it, we've actually got a time in between innings, you know, a minute. Uh, I think it's a, a minute or, I don't know, a minute 20 seconds or something like that or two minutes in between innings. And it's supposed to be pretty similar, 30 seconds between hitters um, and so on. But it's there's a little – actually, I think we do it better because the umpires have – their clocks and they have a feel for the game so there's not a visible you know 20 second clock or 15 second clock but i think that's coming whatever happens up at the top trickles down so well i'm sure and they have they already have it at the division one level i think so i'm sure we'll i think implementation is 25 2025 for us to have visible clocks so it it's coming and um you know, everybody, you know, well, it'll take some years and everybody will adapt and then we'll forget it's even there, I'm guessing. Um, the one thing I will say, here's a huge positive, is in practice when we're inter-squatting and we use the clock, things go unbelievably fast. Uh, and in practice, that's what we want anyway. So I actually, that part of it I enjoy. So if nothing else, it's helped our practice habits Beyond that, you know, in terms of the game, eh, uh, I don't know. I was talking to Brendan Van Bruce again. He's one of our majors the other day, and and something you really – I wouldn't have thought about. He said that they were doing the pitch clock down there in Houston. He said, you know, and, and you go into the gap to get a ball and throw it back in, and then the clock's starting – yeah. He's like, you really got to get back into your position fast because, man, we're going to have to be in better shape because we're going to have to get back to position fast, ready to go for the next time. It's true. It's really true. I mean, to the, for the pitchers as well, but for everybody, it, it is a it's a it's a bit of a, a you know a metabolic conditioning type. Of, hey, you got to move and you got to you know you've got to get back to your spot. And there's no, you know, the the ebbs and the flows of a baseball game that I think everybody's used to. It's very different as a player. Very different. And you know, when they shove a clock, you know, and, and on somewhere visible for you to see it it's constantly counting you down and you don't want to be the reason why there's a ball given or a strike given yeah well the baseball season is long a lot of games a lot of roads the way the mules play long seasons because of the postseason and things you're one of those coaches who's done a magnificent job of also being a great family man i know your family delena your two kids kennedy and cannon describe family night in the crooks household yeah, well, normally it's coming back from a game, to be honest. But um, I, I, it's you know, it's decompress. My Delana is, she's a different breed of woman, um, and I would even, I'm frightfully making emotional about it. They just give so much. They're so selfless with their time because baseball does take up an enormous amount of time. Um, it, it requires it, and uh, there's just. There's no way around it. And so she is so giving of her time with me, with, you know, with the kids and her willingness to do so that I can spend the time that, you know, that we feel like is necessary to be on the field, you know, practicing and making sure that everybody's where they need to be when they need to be there. And I'm admittedly, I'm better than I was, but it doesn't matter. I'm still not very good. Like organizationally, um, nothing would be efficient if there wasn't Bacchus. Um, but I'm just admittedly not, you know, I'm I'm okay being at the baseball field forever. 
Um, and I feel like that's me doing my job and she allows me to do that. And, you know, that, that allows me to, you know, to hopefully, you know, grow this group, to, you know, and this team and this program, the way it needs to be grown. Uh, I'm not the smartest guy by any stretch. I've only known to put my head down and work. And she lets me, she lets me do that. And so family nine, the crooks household is, um, it's recovery for me. I'm invested in every game emotionally and physically. Uh, she's invested in the game emotionally and physically and that's not easy on her and all that she's had to go through and then our kids are teenagers now and they've been unbelievably resilient and good and just being where you know being at games being you know in Wichita Kansas or in Tahlequah Oklahoma or wherever wherever else it takes them um, and then adapting to school life so we really just you know I I love to cook if I'm home and I want to cook for my family and and hang out and and talk and and have time my wife doesn't come from a sports background, but she has tremendous insight in terms of people, and um, that is extremely helpful for me. And then she helps me with my faith, um, and we talked about that before we got on the, you know, on the show. And she's she's a huge reason why I'm at where I'm at, and then you know has provided a foundation for me. So it's a little bit it's it's a lot of decompression, it's a lot of talk, and um, and then it's it's some faith talk as well, which is you know really really helpful for me. Well, she's, I mean, you mentioned she's had some, some physical issues she's had to deal with. I don't think I've ever seen her without a smile on her face. She's just, I, every time I see her, I just, it picks me up because she's so happy. Well, that's funny because she, you, you know, you're one of her favorite people to listen to. Um, and she's, you know, meant, you know, I've seen it multiple times. You really affect her in a positive way. And I'm glad, and I'm glad, you know, I'll tell her the same about what you said too. But yeah, she, She's been through a ton, and she's never once blinked or told me you have to stop this or you got to do this or what have you. She's incredibly tough, incredibly unselfish, and you know it's amazing to me when I sit back. I was thinking about it yesterday because we were obviously supposed to have an off day, but we don't because we're playing today because it's going to rain tomorrow. Baseball things, and you know she's just like, okay, awesome, go go do, and that you know that's a uh, it's just a different it's a different person and. Um, I, I probably ought to recognize it more often. So thanks for bringing it up. Well, we're at the end of our time. This is a time in the show that I like to do a little word association with our coaches. I'm going to give you a word or a phrase, and I want you to respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay, ready? Yep. Diamond. Baseball. Shutout. What I want. All-star. Boo, Don Mattingly. Tradition. UCMU's baseball. Family. Wife and kids. Mules baseball. An honor. It's great to have you on. Good luck for the rest of the season. I know you're going to be doing great things, and uh, it's always a pleasure to get to visit with you. You're just you're a great gentleman to visit with. I, I I enjoy doing this, and I love talking about it. And thanks so much for all you do, not just for this, but and for athletics, but for our student athletes, for our students. And, you know, they love it. They love the program, and I think this is such a special thing that they're. I don't, you know, again, hopefully they appreciate what you do and all that you pour into it because I know it's a lot. So thank you very much for having me. You are very welcome. That was UCM Muleshead baseball coach Kyle Crooks joining us here on Sports Page. Time now to take a look at this week in UCM athletics history for February 23rd through March 1st. On February 25, 1995, Mules baseball and the University of Missouri put on an offensive display. And in the end, it was UCM with the win, 24 to 15. 
On February 26, 1994, Kendra Banzett blocked 11 shots against Truman. I was actually at that game, and it was a sight to behold. Banzett actually has the top three single-game block shot performances, and she also holds the school records for block shots in a season and in a career. One year to the day later, on February 26, 2012, Lindsay Leto went over the 60-meter hurdles in 8.50 seconds at the MIAA Championships. She placed second in the event, but took first place in the high jump and heptathlon and was the women's high point individual in the meet after recording 40 points over five events. And going way back over four decades to March 1, 1980, Bill Finley dropped 54 points against Jacksonville State University. And keep in mind, this was in the day before the three-pointer. The Mules won 112-91 in the consolation game of the NCAA South Central Regional. Another great week for the UCM Mules and Jennies, February 23rd through March 1st, this week in UCM Athletics History. When we come back, I get to visit with Mules senior first baseman John Prudham. That's next, right here on Sports Page. We can stop to make sure someone is okay. Get in the way and disrupt the situation. Notify an authority. Or walk them home safely. We can change the language around rape. We can make campuses safer for our teammates, our friends, and our classmates. We cannot be bystanders. Taking action isn't always easy, but it's on, on us. To intervene. Because we can. Learn more and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Sports Page, where I am now joined by senior first baseman John Prudham. John, if I weren't a fan of your play, I'd be a fan of your number, because back in the day I played football here for the Mules, I was 37. <laughs> you wear it a lot better than I do. <laughs> You're out there a lot more than I was, but I'm digging the numbers, so great job. Way to represent. Of course, there is plenty to like about the play, too. After three seasons as a reserve, John exploded onto the scene last year, earning second-team All-MIAA and All-Region honors, as well as MIAA Scholar-Athlete accolades. He led the Mules with 19 home runs, 70 runs, and 31 walks while batting 387. He also had 14 doubles, 3 triples, 16 stolen bases, and 69 RBI. Last season, John and senior center fielder Brendan Van Brusigan became only the second tandem in school history to go 15-15 in home runs and stolen bases. John? You came to Warrensburg from Racine, Wisconsin. That is a bit of a hike. What got you down here to Warrensburg? Um, well, up there, there's not really many uh, D2 baseball schools. And uh, in high school, me and my uh, coach talked, and we thought that it was either going to be a, like a non-winning D1 that I had a chance to go to or a D2, that, uh, a powerhouse like Central Missouri. And I think... I really wanted to win a lot more than I cared about uh, saying I went D1. So we started looking, and uh, there's one D2 up there, and they're not very good. So we uh, used a website called Field Level, and from there, uh, one of the coaches saw a video and got me down on for a camp, and uh, I loved it. I, I Back then, I didn't have a car, so uh, small campus, it was nice. Um, Everybody here was great at the camp, and so when Stambo called me, I think I waited about 20 minutes before I called him back and said I wanted to come here. 
You've played some tough competition this season. Give us your thoughts on the season so far. You know, we, we've really jabbed ourselves in the foot. Uh, we haven't been playing great, and I think other years we've gotten off to good starts. Uh, this year we just haven't been able to overcome a lot of that yet. We're learning how to do it, and you know, soon enough we'll be winning those close games, even though we uh, spite ourselves. It's just a different team that hasn't done it yet, so we just need to grow in that. So just kind of getting together and clicking together and putting yeah. all those pieces. Okay. Mm-hmm. You had one of the best single seasons in Mules baseball history last year. I had to go back and look at last year's stats because I saw second team all MIAA, second team all region. I'm like, who was first team? I mean, <laughs> looking at your numbers and, yeah, the guy had a pretty good season. I mean, you had some good numbers and everything. But but you really exploded onto it last year after playing sporadically the first three years. Tell us about last season. What what happened? What came together for you? Um, I think I've just – I've been ready to do it the whole time, uh, or at least the year before that. Uh, every day or every week, we went up against that number, the team that uh, took second in the nation, and just playing them every single day will get, will get us ready. It's like uh, Van Bruzigan, too. Uh, he was a spot player. Yeah. And Cole Moore. Like, our whole team, we played that 2019 or the 2019 and 2021 team every day, and that just sharpened our swords just like it did for them. Last year, 19 home runs. You think you had four your previous three seasons combined. Was it a matter of opportunities? Was it a matter of you seeing the ball better? What Was that just always waiting in the wings to happen? Um, I mean, I think it was opportunities a lot. Uh, I always swung hard when I got my pinch hits, but uh, just more. And then especially later in the season, I think I grew as a hitter just, you know, seeing better pitching weekend or like every weekend and then starting to make micro adjustments in the uh, per at bat and I think that really helped. Are you feeling any pressure that you have to duplicate it this year or are you in a di- little different role? Um, yeah last year I knew you know whatever happened happened and but this year I do feel there's some you know expectations that hey I did this last year it's expected now, almost. Do you think a 2020 season, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, is that reasonable? Or is that just, you know, we're going to take what they get? Um, what I mean, whatever it comes to. But I know I like to pride myself on, you know, being able to take a base if they're just going to give it to me. Um, and then obviously I try to hit the ball as hard as I can every time. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you had a lot of walks last season, too. You seem like one of those guys that, you know, most power hitters just strike out a ton, hardly ever walk. You're you're an anomaly there. You had a lot of home runs, but you take a lot of pitches and, and get on base a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things I really work on, uh, work with us on, uh, you know, waiting for our pitch, not just swinging because it's a strike. You know, that that lets you get deeper into bats, see more pitches, and then uh, – when he throws you a breaking ball with two strikes, you've already seen it because you've taken it instead of just swinging through and, you know. So, you see, I mean, eventually you're just going to find your way on based on they don't want to throw you a pitch. Is there an art? Because I played baseball one year when I was growing up, and I, I could tell you to this day how I did batting because I got so few hits. Is there an art to fouling pitches off to, so you can get to the pitch that you want? Yeah, especially with two strikes. Um so our philosophy is if you're not in two strikes, you're sitting on your one pitch, you know, either fastball or breaking ball or whatever you're hunting. And if you get that pitch, you're going to do damage on it. If it's a fastball and you're sitting on a curveball, don't touch it because you're just going to be late. You're going to foul it off. And 
you know, two strikes, uh, that's when it's, you know, find a way. Just find a way, you know. Crooks' favorite thing to say is anything is better than a strikeout. You can't pressure him with a strikeout. Feels like it's one of those things that's just become yeah. natural for you trying to explain it to a non baseball guy yeah. like me. <laughs> I love baseball, but the, the strategy and how you do it, it just that was beyond mm-hmm. me. But how did you prepare for this season? Um, same way I've been doing it for the past six years. Nothing it's, changed. Not really, no. I I feel like last year I felt confident in uh the work we put in and so this year there's nothing really to change that up. Okay. You're a technology well, you were an engineering technology major. Mm-hmm. You said you graduated in, in December. Did you walk? Yep. You I walked? Did. Okay. But now you're back in a second major, is that correct? Yes. In computer science, right? Yeah. Okay, so what's next? What's the plans after you graduate? Um, I uh, had an internship at Garmin for a couple of years. I've been putting that off to keep coming back and playing baseball. Um, but after this, I'll go work there as a uh, electronics technician uh, while I finish up my computer science degree, and then I'll be a software engineer. What kind of software? Um, I'd like to work on their like uh, outdoors products, so they're long-range uh, communicators. Oh, so communication, kind of down my road. All right. Okay. Exactly. Well, it's time now for a section I like to call the hot box. You know, (laughs) you you played a little bit of third base in the past. You have the hot corner. I've got the hot box. I hit you with a question, and you come up with the first thought that comes to mind, the first response you've got. All right? All right. Ready? Is a taco a sandwich? No. What about a hot dog? Is a hot dog a sandwich? If the bun comes apart. So if it's not one of those just fold open, it's got to come all the way apart into two so pieces. if you rip the bun, then it becomes a sandwich because there's starch on two sides. And there's starch on two sides even if the hot dog's in the, the bun's still connected? But if it's connected, then it's around the bottom, so it'd be a taco. <laughs> so a hot dog could be a taco? Yes. Okay, that's a new one. That's a new theory. We'll have to, we'll have to explore that. Watch the movie or read the book? Watch the movie. Watch the movie? Yeah. Cake or pie? Definitely cake. That one just came to me. I just I had to throw <laughs> that one out there. Favorite athlete? Oh. Growing up, my favorite baseball player was Alex Rodriguez. Good yeah. player. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. I like him. <laughs> favorite sport other than baseball? Hmm. Yeah, I got I'll say football. Football? I don't I don't watch a ton of other sports, to be honest. I get all my athletics and during you know either practicing or playing and then it's just like yeah, i want to do something else yeah in sports get a little brain break from sports exactly what's your hype song oh, i don't really have one see I, I would think that'd be your walkout music yeah i like the song but it's uh i don't get hyped up to it i'm not i'm not a big hype yourself up with music i like personally i like to feel calm before i do things okay well, that makes sense Dream vacation. Oh. A deep sea kayak uh, fishing trip. A deep sea kayak? Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, where you go out and paddle three miles out in the ocean, trail and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, I don't. That's where the big fish with the sharp teeth. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're called sharks. (laughs) That's where they hang out. I don't know that I want to be out there with that, but okay. You do you. You're not playing baseball. What are you doing? I like to get out in the woods, hunt and fish, and uh, either that or sit on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) 
Finally, what does it mean to you to be a Mules baseball player? Uh, it's given me everything. It's given me my best friends. Um, at my wedding, they're going to be my groomsmen. You know, this is it's meant everything to me to just uh, be a Mule, even when I wasn't playing. Uh, you know, everybody's always just been great teammates. I know that's the culture we you know try to make, and uh, we do a good job at it. You know, I feel like especially for me coming from a long way away from home, that there wasn't really a gap between, you know, leaving my family and then this becoming my family. Outstanding. That's good to hear. So, fans, that was Mule's first baseman, John Prudham. John, thanks for being here with us this week, and great luck to you the rest of the season. Thank you. Time for Where Are They Now? Each week, I'm sharing with our listening audience where one former mule and one former Jenny are today. Well, our subjects this week can be found together. They are Jay and Trudy Fleeman. Trudy is in her second year as principal at Maple Grove Elementary School here in Warrensburg. Prior to her current role, Trudy was a title reading teacher and instructional coach for a combined seven years and coached volleyball for six years in the Warrensburg School District. Prior to that, she taught elementary school and coached varsity volleyball at Nevada for six years and taught high school and coached volleyball, basketball, and track at Carrollton for three years. Trudy earned all MIAA honors and received the MIAA Academic Excellence Award all four years from 2000 to 2003 as a Jenny's volleyball player, and she was the MIAA Freshman of the Year in 2000. Jay is in his first year as superintendent at Kingsville R1 Schools after three years as K-12 principal in Kingsville. He spent six years as a PE teacher and football and track coach in Nevada, three years in those roles at Carrollton, and five years in that capacity in Warrensburg before heading to Kingsville. Jay was a three-year starter and a two-time All-MIAA offensive tackle for the Mules. Jay and Trudy have two children, John, a freshman at Kingsville High School and member of the basketball team, and Delaney, an eighth grader at Warrensburg Middle School, where she also plays volleyball and basketball. When I started hosting SportsPage, I knew I had to have Jay and Trudy featured two former UCM student-athletes turned educators. Making a huge difference in our communities, that's a look at where are they now. If you know of a former mule or Jenny who is using what they learned on the gridiron, field, court, course, or track, and in the classroom, email me at jhmore at ucmo.edu and let me know. When we come back, we'll preview the week ahead in UCM athletics. Don't go away. This is Sports Page. Under the lights or under the sun. No one delivers Division II sports like NCAA.com. The center of D2 is inside the NCAA.com hub. With exclusive highlights of every sport and live broadcasts of every Division II championship found nowhere else. Make NCAA.com yours. The home of Division II college sports. As we cross over from winter to spring sports, it's another busy seven days for the Mules and Jinnies, February 23rd through March 1st. The Jinnies and Mules basketball teams close out their respective regular seasons on the road. UCM travels to Claremore, Oklahoma to take on Roger State Thursday, February 23rd at 5.30 and 7.30 p.m. And the Mules and Jinnies wrap up the regular season Saturday, February 25th at Northeastern State. Games tip off at 1.30 and 3.30 p.m. 
The Jennies entered the week at 21-3, 17-3, and tied for second in the MIAA, while the Mules are 11-15, 7-13, and tied for 10th in conference action. The Roger State women are 4-22, 2-18, and, and, and tied for 14th in league play, while the men are 14-12, 10-10, and tied for 7th in the conference. Northeastern State is 6-18, 3-17 in the MIAA, and 13th on the women's side. The Riverhawk men are 10-14, 7-13, and, and, and tied for 10th with the Mules in league action. All four games can be seen on the MIAA network. Just go to ucmathletics.com, select the appropriate schedule, find your game, and click on the watch button for the pay-per-view experience. Central Missouri Mules Wrestling heads to the NCAA Division II Super Regional on Sunday, February 26th in Edmond, Oklahoma. And speaking of wrestling, congratulations to Joel Riddle. He is the first ever MIAA Wrestling A-Game Scholar Award winner. Riddle is a sophomore from West Dundee, Illinois. He is an accounting major with a 3.944 GPA. The A-Game Scholar Award is presented by Mammoth Sports Construction and established by the MIAA. It recognizes one individual who has contributed to his or her team's success while also achieving the highest academic standard among his or her peers. Mules and Jenny's track and field teams will be at the Endor MIAA Championships, hosted by Pittsburgh State University on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the Jennies host the Mid-America Invitational Championships at the Union Bowling Center Wednesday, March 1st at 6 p.m. Mules Baseball has a three-game conference home series against Northwest Missouri State University this weekend. They play at 3 p.m. Friday, 2 p.m. Saturday, and 1 p.m. Sunday. All games are at Crane Stadium, Tompkins Field. Friday and Saturday, UCM softball will be in the Washburn University Tournament with games against Minnesota Crookston at 2 p.m. and Wayne State at 6 p.m. Friday, and then against Sioux Falls at 9.30 a.m. and St. Cloud State at 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. And finally, Jenny's Golf is in Cabot, Arkansas at the Cypress Creek Golf Club Monday and Tuesday, February 27th and 28th for the Natural State Golf Classic. You can keep up with how the Mules and Jennies are doing by logging on to UCMAthletics.com or checking out their results at UCMBeat.com and clicking on the Central News tab. Thanks for joining me today on Sports Page, presented by UCM The Beat, the internet radio station of the University of Central Missouri. For more information on upcoming shows, follow us on UCM The Beat social media for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our blog at UCMSportsPage.blogspot.com. Thanks for joining me. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, God bless, and go Mules and Jennies. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM with campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.